Daily Dribble. And welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet. You're joining me on a Friday night is Mr. Lee Hancock. Hello, guys. And Mr. Roe Hancock. How are we going, Nick? Gentlemen, what a week of playoff basketball. We are now officially in the second round. Mm-hmm. The teams have been cut by half. We are now down to the final eight teams remaining, buying it out for the right to call themselves NBA champion for season 2022-2023. What an incredible week of action. Mm. It's been a box office dream so far this second round, hasn't it? Oh, printing some of, money. Some of these matchups, LeBron versus Steph. You got the, the highly anticipated, we were talking about it all last week, 76ers versus mm. Boston. But he, New York making it out of the first round since the first time since probably before Christ. You know, it's been absolutely... <laughs> it's been a little while. And Denver and, Denver and Phoenix as well. Yeah, out there buzzing. Yeah, look, there's been a... All the contests in their own individual way, regardless yep. of who's won, have, have been really enticing so far. And if this is sort of a sign of the next few rounds after this, and even the NBA finals this year, um, we're in for a treat, I think. It doesn't get any better, guys. As I said, a massive show in store today. Going to recap very quickly some odds and ends momentarily before we get into just a bit of a general bit of a general chat between, between a couple of mates, a couple of basketball heads here, just discussing our key takeaways so mm. far from the second round, what's played out over the course of the last seven days. So very excited to getting into that with you guys momentarily. Before we do so, though, a big shout-out to both Stadium Scene and The Cover. I say it week in and week out. Very, very thankful to be a part of those two terrific networks doing wonderful things for not only us but a whole host of other content creators. Um, very thankful for all their continued support especially as the season uh, ramps up to its climax here at the moment. So a big thank you to those two networks. Guys, without further ado, let's get into some odds and ends here quickly. Starting with the news, after being bounced in the first round by the Lakers, the Memphis Grizzlies have informed none other than the NBA's probably most heated villain at the moment, Dylan Brooks, that under no circumstances will he be returning to the squad next season. Mm-hmm. Now, fellas, he's the longest-serving member on this current iteration of the Grizzlies roster. He's averaged 14 points, three rebounds, two and a half assists this season, whilst also probably becoming the most hated player in the league, probably on par with Grayson Allen there. Yes. Um, but for you guys, where would you like to see him end up? For me, I'm thinking China, <laughs> um, hanging out with the Jingzhou Dragons or yes. something of the kind. What did Shaq say? He's Dong Tigers. The Long Dong Tigers. The Shandong Tigers. Um, but what do you think, guys? Like, is there... You know, for as much as he's hated and, you know, he's gone out in a blaze of glory at the moment to the Lakers, you know, he's come in age well there. Where would you like, do you think he still has a spot in the league firstly, Lee? Um, and if so, where would you like to see him off the top of the scone? Somewhere where he's coming off the bench. Off the bench? I think. You reckon? Like, uh, first thing that comes to mind is perhaps Rockets. You see, that's the team I had down as well. Yeah, as that little little spark off the bench or just to give them some defensive tenacity. Like, yep. uh, the, it was a brutal way that he went out with the Grizzlies, but you can see why after, after the comments he'd made all year, at the start of the season he turned down multiple offers by the Grizzlies and uh, yes. supposedly wanted a, a bigger offensive role, which... Yep. With his play style offensively, he wasn't wasn't going to get there. Way too many shots. Um, like he, he was averaging, I think it was twenty two points last season. Yeah, he was just throwing up shots like they were going out of fashion. So it, it toned back a little bit this year with you know the continued rise of, of Desmond Bain and mm-hmm. and things like that. But I guess for yourself, Ro, I I agree with Lee. I I had the Rockets. I think under mm-hmm. Adoka, he could help kind of guide this very young core that they've got at the moment. Are there any other teams that you can think of that you'd like to see? 
um, venture into possibly? Look, off the top of the head, I would say a team and probably an irrelevant team and a team that won't be vying for championship contention next year. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know a specific team. Maybe as you guys were saying, the Houston Rockets might be that team. But I think if you're contending for a championship and you've got Dylan Brooks on your team, you've automatically got a target on your back. Yep. And I don't think that's ideal. And we saw what happened with the Memphis Grizzlies. When you do have that target on your back and then you fail, the the loss in that series is magnified just due to Absolutely. how due to the behaviour of him throughout the regular season. So could yeah. could OKC be another team? Possibly again, another very young core. Um mm. shit home room coming back. You know, they've got a lot of young bodies there. Maybe Brooks, you know, not only adding a little more offensive firepower. On the defensive end as well, as well, again, just being a part of a young core and nurturing them a little bit more so. I think so. And I think the fact of the matter is, regardless of where he goes, he can't be anywhere close to as much of a focal point as he was for the Memphis Grizzlies. We know he wasn't the focal point, but he (laughs) had far too big of a role for mine on that team. And it should have been a team that was led primarily um, from Jar Morant. But the fact of the matter was he was chucking up probably about 10 more shots than he really should have been at any at any stage. So I think Brooks's mind on the Grizzlies, he would have thought he was the second option, I reckon. Um, oh, but he, he, he's not even the third. He's not even the fourth, in my opinion. But I don't he's, like he's probably the fourth. He'd be behind Triple J, Desmond Bain, and Jar. There, yeah. he's probably the fourth guy. Mm-hmm. I don't like the, your OKC pick, Nick. I think I think OKC are becoming too well structured that he might become a more hindrance. of a yeah, a bit of a risk to yeah, take okay. him on board. I'd, yeah, absolutely. I I agree with the Houston. Just throwing names out there, Detroit. So, I like as well. Detroit. For him. There's uh, there will certainly be options. Just from hearing you know talks over the last day or two, there are going to be offers put forth to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yep. hopefully, this news and this kind of you know, reckoning can be a bit of a catalyst for him, you know, just kind of changing his ways a little bit. Um, You know, not only one of the most hated players in the league at the moment, I know he can't help this, one of the most punchable faces in the league as well. Um, Bless his little cotton socks. Mm. But, you know, as we saw him flame out, hopefully this can start to turn around his fortunes. Moving ahead, uh, just touching on game seven of the the first round there, the Sacramento Kings against the Golden State Warriors. Just wanted to touch on Steph Curry, and he's a player that we'll probably touch on more a little bit throughout the episode. He had an all-time performance in Game 7 there over the Kings. The Warriors won this 120-100. to Steph Curry set a new NBA record for most points scored in a Game 7 by dropping 50 on the Kings' head. He also had eight rebounds, six assists, and was plus 25 when on the court. Um, You know, it was just an incredible, incredible showing, and I think, you know, there's there's a... The debate coming in at the moment, mm. is he the greatest point guard of all time? Mm. Uh, I think he's really staking his claim to it. You know, if you're looking at probably between him and Magic at the mm. moment, who knows what will happen? They're, they're in a, a possibility of winning another title this year, potentially another finals MVP, getting a little bit of fire ahead of myself there. But is he, do you think, in your mind, the greatest point guard in NBA history at the moment? Well, at I guess, moment, I guess like, for mine personally, like... <laughs> It's a difficult one because you're comparing chalk and cheese in terms of skill sets and different strengths and weaknesses. But, I mean, when it's all said and done, particularly if he does win another championship with these Warriors, he would have to be be right in the conversation with the Magic Johnson as as the other sort of obvious point guard choice. But Both have revolutionised the game. Probably 
more prevalent and especially recency bias curry with the you know becoming the greatest shooter of all time and the mm. emergence of as of the three-point stroke there um do you have him right there with magic lee or do you oh, have him above i have him above Magic, so to greatest be greatest point guard of all time. I'd put him there. You there know, you he's go. got the he's got the resume. He's got the chips. How, how many more times are we going to say if he wins one more championship, is he the greatest? We, well, we said we'll that, that about LeBron as well. We, we said that last year about Stephanie. One again. We're I, never happy as basketball fans. We always want more. Deep dive, and this could be a whole episode in its own right. So we won't touch on it for too long. Top five of all time. What point guard? No, top five player of all time. Who's Steph? Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to speak on that. Not right for now. mine. Not for mine. Not, not just yet. yet. Not, not just yet. yet. No, still, still, still plenty more chapters yeah. to uh, to write in his career. What is sure. he? 35, I believe, if memory serves he correctly. So, and, and the thing the- with Steph is he could really play into his 40s because he doesn't. Well, I think we've spoken about yep. it time and time again. He doesn't need to be running as much as he does. He can just be a spot spot up shooter. Shoot, you know, like imagine having that as a weapon. Yeah. You know, a spot up shooter. It doesn't matter if he's 38, 39, 40. He's going to be able to put up buckets. Yes. Um, that shot's not going to fail him, I wouldn't think. Never. So on this game seven, I think there's a select number of players, a very few amount of players in the league that when push comes to shove, they can turn it on. And the two that comes to mind is Steph and LeBron. But like, Jesus, he, he turned just it put on. this team on his back. And I don't mm. know if you guys heard the speech that he gave before the game. Um, he pretty much said, you know, for anyone, if they didn't believe they could win this game, don't bother getting on the bus. Yeah. He single-handedly carried this team and this franchise to the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, it was truly a phenomenal, phenomenal showing. And you know, you can use all the superlatives in the world to describe mm-hmm. him. He's he's truly a generational player. Yep. Um, it's it's just awesome to witness. So incredible performance there from Chef Curry. In news coming to light just today, hot off the press, mm-hmm. Mike Budenholzer. Now we speculated about it the other week. His seat was well and truly. On fire. It's toasty, wasn't it? Coach Bud has been officially fired as head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, um, thus ending his tenure. Got a title a couple of years ago, uh, flamed out in the first round this year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we saw it coming, didn't we? The yeah. writing was on the wall. It was kind of a matter of not if, but when. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've made the choice now to go into their preseason clean slate and uh, build from the ground up once again. It's just one of the most thankless jobs i think head coach in the nba like in any sport in like, any if you look sport in the premier league as well it is so cutthroat the nba as well like if you've you've got to be on it from the word go you almost think with the milwaukee bucks if they hadn't have made the finals almost perhaps even if they didn't make the eastern conference finals that his job would have been up for grabs and you know as it turned out the first round exit was always going to result in this unfortunately but it, it seems to me, it seems a little bit harsh for the simple fact that he like he has been such a solid coach throughout the last few years and they have one down year and he's out. It's- I, I agree with that to a certain extent. I mm. think as well, and we spoke about it a little more so last week, guys, if you haven't checked out that episode, be sure to catch up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcasts, well worth a listen to that um, to hear our takes. But I think there were quite a few... Um, system failures um, and coaching breakdowns, in, especially mm-hmm. in that game seven and throughout the course of the series that really undid him. What we have um, to take into account as well, and have you? I'm assuming you guys have heard that his family member passed mm-hmm. away right before that game seven. So his mind, I, I feel sorry for him because yeah, his mind absolutely. wouldn't have been in that game. And you have to take that kind of thing into account because Seems yes, the front office 
didn't take that into account. Well, they certainly didn't, did they? Yeah. But, like, you look at his, I guess, foggy brain throughout the course of that. Yeah. Um, it it that certainly comes into play, doesn't it? makes it? sense a little bit more now, but, yeah. Do you think, Lee, they'll start to, you know, a fresh coach coming in, they'll shake things up with the Bucks roster, or are you quite happy with where they're poised at the minute and you just maybe accredit this loss? You know, Giannis with the back injury certainly hindered them um, and just an off-series, or do you kind of retool now? No, I think you pretty much that is stick an, with... That's an old core, the oldest core in the league. Yeah. Um, if you make if you make any roster changes, it'll be few. I, I don't think personally they should should um, make any changes. I'm happy they did. Speed round then. Here you go, Lee. Okay, go. Keep or get rid of? Giannis. Keep. Absolutely. Chris Middleton. Keep. Keep, right? Both keep, yeah. Ferris will? Yes, the, keep The Chris him. Middleton experience, we're going to keep him. All right. Keep him. Uh, Drew Holiday. Okay. Have to keep him. He'll retire. Brooke Lopez. Soon. Um, Brooke Lopez, you have to keep. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's keep. been really good. Bobby Portis, you're keeping. Keeping him. Grayson Bobby. Allen. Uh, uh, Who wants him, you know? Yeah, Not I mean. Me. But, he, but he does provide a role. He does um, hit those He's a role player. Yeah. Um, as much as we hate him, he does He does do a job. Um, well, he wasn't good in this series. I, I'm going to say get rid of Grayson. See, I'm going to, there's one I'm going to disagree on. And I, I think potentially, like, I had a lot of really good conversations with our listeners during mm. the week on a few different topics. I reckon this one might get a little bit of backlash. I think the Milwaukee, Milwaukee Bucks next season, should mm. I say, the Milwaukee Bucks should look at offloading Chris Middleton. Mm. I think when we saw him out of the squad and Drew Holiday step up as that number two guy, I just think it really unlocked him offensively. Uh, and I think him and, him and Giannis as a one and two. With what they're paying Chris Middleton, I think they could retool around the edges and get still a really high-level capable player. Um, mm-hmm. But that would be my move, I think, just just to shake things up a little bit. There's just a big void in your roster if you get rid of Middleton, though. I mean, but you can refill it, and you know it's next man up mentality. I think there's well, you're going to need to fill it with exactly what Chris Middleton is on which... a cheaper contract that might give a little bit more scope for potential, you know. Bench moves as well. I mean, you'd he's need, getting paid a fortune. You need another closer. Which which closer? You, do you? Yes. I mean, you reckon, I'm, how I'm, many closers do you want? How many blokes can have the ball? Giannis isn't a closer. Drew isn't a closer. Drew is a closer. No, he's not. Chris he Middleton is, is that team's closer. Drew's like, not a closer. He may be very inconsistent. He may be oh, a bit inconsistent. Days. But you take Chris Middleton out of that roster, and a game comes down to the wire. Uh, I'm not looking. I'm not looking at the Bucks and thinking, yeah, they're winning that game. You I need. Chris I wish I had the closer. stat now. I reckon Drew Holiday has been one of the most clutch players in the league over the last couple of years. Mm. Granted, he missed a couple of free throws in that game seven. Yep. Despite that, he has been money. Ray, what are you weighing on this one? In, is Drew Holiday a closer? Uh, he, he has shown the ability to close over the last few years. There's no doubt about that. But I think regarding Chris Middleton, I think. Regardless of if you keep him or get rid of him, I still think they're a few pieces short. Like I, I don't know who they have to get rid of, but mm. I still think they're lacking something. Um, and if they did get rid of Chris Middleton, they have to fill that hole with players who complement Giannis because yep. I think it's it's sort of the LeBron James effect as well. Like you put guys in there that can work well around Giannis and it can take you all the way to the mm. promised land. So or oh, they've got some decisions to make and Big could be could be Chris Middleton on the way out. I'm not saying Drew Holiday is a bad closer by any means. I'm just what saying What are you saying then? I'm saying he <laughs> can't be a number one closer. I, I'm I'm not relying on Drew Holiday to close out a game for me. See, I don't know if I'm relying on Chris Middleton. I I, am. I really 
when he's when he's on the court and when he's firing, that's great. But there's just too many of these down periods. I, I think he can get younger and get better than what you're getting them from Middleton. But Chris a Middleton, great point of debate. Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, and maybe another pick for Dane. It's on the table. Oh, I don't know about that. Maybe. Bobby Paul yeah, steps a up, plays a player. smaller ball, small ball five yeah, there. Yeah. That, how fun would that be? That but would again, be or just you Chris, know? Chris and Bobby for Dame. Chris like, that's not a bad offer. If, if you're if you're the Blazers, I know we're going into a rabbit hole here. If you're the Blazers, are you taking that? That's, um, that's why I thought we should add another piece onto it because I don't think... You'd have to get some draft assets. You'd have to. You'd have to. But... I, that, one to think because then then the Blazers could offload Nurkic as well mm-hmm. um, in another track. I, oh, I, I, I do not mind no, that. No. Is this one you've just drummed up in the just head off there the top of the dome? Fair play, the old trade machine in the uh, <laughs> particularly the particularly if, like, as Lee was saying, like Drew Holiday, is he going to be the, the number one closer? You take yeah. that out of the equation when Dame comes yeah. into the picture. Dame's that's, a that's huge. That's legal to him. I like it. There it we is. go. If any of the uh, front office officials from the Blazers or the Bucks are listening, <laughs> there you go. Get my man here. Like up that in is, the, uh, I don't want to hang on this for too long, but that is totally on the cards with this first round exit. That's one of the silver linings is this roster could shake up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great stuff, fellas. Let's move ahead. Last but certainly not least, during the week, the league officially crowned a new MVP after being the bridesmaid the last couple of years. He finally received that elusive title, Joel Embiid. Mm. Um, a phenomenal, phenomenal in season. Received the award on Wednesday. Um, helped guide the 76ers to an overall regular season record of 54 and 28. Whilst having the highest scoring season of his career, averaging 33 points, whilst also adding 10 rebounds, four assists, one steal, and one block per game to go with it. Guys, it was it wasn't as close as what I thought it'd be. I don't know mm. if you've seen the official numbers. I it haven't. was um, quite a comprehensive win. Jokic in second. Giannis rounding that out in third, Tatum in fourth, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander in fifth. Um, but, yeah, it was quite a comfortable victory there for, for MB. More so than what I thought it would be. Yeah, it was one of those ones I, I thought to myself that if he didn't win it this year, like he probably wasn't going to win it at all throughout the course of his mm. career. He's just had such yep. a, an outstanding season and he probably is a bit unlucky to not have won at least one more in the past. But... Where do you sit on? There's been people talking about over, since he's won this the the whole voter fatigue around not voting yeah. for Nikola Jokic because in many people's eyes, as great of a season as Joel Embiid had, I, I think there was sort of like a general consensus. I think that Jokic was probably he'd done it all MVP. before. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But because he's won it multiple times in the past, it was almost as if let's give it to Joel Embiid, like it. Yeah. I don't I don't like it. I yeah. don't like it. Really, like, if you yeah. look at, if you go back, and I was listening to a podcast a little while ago, breaking it down, um, all the winners kind of versus LeBron. Mm. LeBron could have eight, eight MVP awards. <laughs> yeah. And that's no no, nothing short of no. a, a lie there. Um, I don't like the voter fatigue thing. I think if you're mm. the best player in the league, you know, he had he helped them to the best overall record within the league. Exactly. Um, so do you think you should have won it? Uh, so the thing is, in it, I don't know if it's a popular or unpopular opinion, but I think I would have gone Jokic. I, I, I think th- I probably would have as well. Yeah. Um, but I can also sort of say it, it's, it makes sense to me what's happened in terms of I can see the voter fatigue coming into full effect with this one. It's weird because I think Joel Embiid deserved the MVP, but I feel like it's like, thank God that's out of the way. Like I'm not saying it was a pity MVP, but it's like, yeah. oh, that's over and done with now. We don't need to like... 
have discussions about him not winning. Yeah, know? yeah. Mm. I, I, a great point, Lee. Um, but I agree with you, Ro. I think mm. there was, and we've seen it with Giannis as well, even last year. Mm. He probably could have been a, a real contender for it. You know, that, that voter fatigue certainly comes into play. It's a shame for the player who it refers to. Yep. Um, I think but, all know. three of them, I wouldn't have been mad if any three won it. I think all three of them could have deserved it. Isn't it incredible? The rise of the big man within the league. International the last, big man. The international big men are running the league at the moment, you know. It's um, for as prevalent as guards are in the league and three-point mm. shooting. It's the big men who are who are claiming all the, the accolades at the moment. So um, Here's one for you just off the top. Yes, sir. In your, in your guys' minds, who is the next international big man to set the league alight? Is it would it be stupid to say Bobin? Big Bobby Majanovic. <laughs> well, no, maybe. um, I think I'm thinking of one who has yeah, even entered. It's gotta be shit. It, it, not shit. It's gotta be Wimbenyama. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm I'm really gonna ride the train and I'd love to know what the odds are going into the season for him to claim rookie of the year and MVP in his first year. <laughs> Imagine that. that I wonder like, what that would be paying. He would have like as as a rookie, for him to win MVP, I think he'd have to average Whichever team he goes to would have to make the playoffs at a minimum. Yep. And he'd probably have to average 35, 10 rebounds, maybe it's not happening. three blocks. Paul, what? Paul what? Guy has so much pressure on what? his back, you know. I think it could happen. No, I think it's not he's that good. Come on. I, I think he's going to be great. but yeah. I think he, if he doesn't snap a leg like he's a string bean, um, mm. you know, it's kind of hypocritical of me to say I don't have a lot of muscle on me. Uh, but he is, like, if he can keep his body healthy, mm. he is a Freak. Yeah. I am so, so keen to see him in the league. I can't wait to see which team he goes to. Uh, certainly looking forward to doing that very soon once the season wraps up, discussing everything surrounding the NBA draft. Mm. I'm with you. Nevertheless, let's move ahead, lads. The Daily Dribble. Okay. As I said at the top of the show, today's just going to be a bit of a general, general chit-chat, discussing things that have caught our mind across the second round thus far. Um, just to recap, all the viewers out there, at the moment, the four series currently stand the Knicks and Heat sit at one apiece. Boston and Philly sit at one apiece. Denver and Phoenix, Denver lead that one 2-0. And Warriors and Lakers currently sit at one apiece as well. So a lot of the road teams getting victories in these one, lads. Where would you like to start, Lee? I'll start with um, Suns versus Nuggets just because, as I alluded to last week, I'm uh, barracking for the Suns for the remainder of the season. Got to come from behind here. It's <laughs> It's been a it's been a shame to say nonetheless. I know they were both games were played in Denver, but that that first game where um, I think it was ninety seven to eighty seven, the Suns could have taken that game. They bottled that. Mm. That fourth quarter was horrendous. And the, the, the games you want to take advantage of are the games that your Denver's role players and I say role players, everyone outside of Nikola Jokic. The games Suns should be winning are the games that they're not performing well. In that game one, they weren't performing well. Jamal Murray had an off game. Michael Porter Jr. did as well. Um, I think a lot of it or, or some of it comes down to some of the shots that the Suns are taking. You know, KD and Bork are known for taking these highly difficult shots. And, I mean, they're good at taking them. They shoot them at a high clip. Um, but for as impressive it as is, I think that... They may have some better luck by finding easier shots. And you may say, it's not that simple. How do you find easier shots? Mm. I think, and I have the stat here, Denver were ranked 20th in turnovers per game this season at 14.5. So yep. my recommendation to try to get some of these easier shots, 
pick up the pressure on these guys a bit, pick up the intensity, force some turnovers, force some fast Transition breaks. points, fast break points, absolutely. They need this filler offense because this this strategy, I don't know if it's a strategy, but this gameplay of KD and Booker, you know, trying to hit these high difficult shots, it's not going to pan work. out uh, yeah. as a victory for them. I like that, and I'll tie in off the back of that. Uh, the Suns' depth has been nothing short of woeful. Um, you know, Chris Paul went out injured game two there with a groin injury. Mm. Expected at the moment from recent reports, he's going to miss games three, four, and potentially five. Yeah, We'll see how that plays out. Groins are mm. a notoriously tricky little spot there. Um, but the Suns' depth is going to have to really step up. I've, I want to rattle through a couple of numbers here in a moment mm. from game two. As Lee mentioned there, the Nuggets getting up 97 to 87 in that one. Just how that game highlighted how poor their bench production was. Um, between Biombo, Craig, Payne, Lee, Wainwright, and Landale. So, what have I rattled off there? I've rattled off six names. In game two, these blokes combined for roughly 69 minutes of court time. Have a guess how many points combined they scored. Six blokes, 69 minutes of court time. And this was the low scoring game? It was. Uh, well, I think Devin Booker and KD scored 50% of it. So I'd say, <laughs> like, uh, I'd say, I hope they got over over 18 points combined. My, six my, dudes. My guess would probably be around the 15 mark. <laughs> well, neither of you are even remotely close. Between oh, those no. six blokes in 69 minutes, they scored a combined four points. Are you serious? You didn't mention campaign in that, did you? I I did. You did. Cam. Yep. Goodness. Four, four points. Now, I think I think Monty Williams really missed a trick here. You signed two blokes at the deadline, TJ Warren and Terrence Ross. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I know they're not great defenders, but they are blokes who will get you a bucket. Yeah, it wasn't no so doubt. long ago. Even during this season, once he was picked up, TJ Warren could get you a bucket. Um, I, I think they've both got to get minutes. Like that, that's that when I look like did a bit of research and had a look at the numbers, added up all the minutes. That's criminal. Why that, aren't they getting minutes? Like we, do, I know we we're mentioning the defensive side of things, but I think it's partly that because they're just expecting KD and Book and Aiton to be those those scorers. Yeah, but when you've got four points among six guys off the bench, you have to start looking elsewhere. There are other options who can put the ball in the bucket. At Especially will at with times. Chris Paul out now, mm. it is going to be critical. That's, that, that, that probably, and I hate to say it, but that probably will be the downfall of these guys, I reckon. Uh, to, to be fair, the way it's played out these last two games and, um, you know, we kind of, you know, if you want to amend any predictions or how you see it playing out now, I could see this one, as scary as it is to say, I could see this being a sweep. Mm, yeah. mm. I just don't think, I think Aiton has been poor. Um, I, I just think Jokic and Co. like Porter's looked great. Jamal Murray's looked great across the playoffs thus far, not just this series. Yeah. Um, Aaron Gordon, KCP, he was a real key for that that mm. game too, hitting those big threes late late in the in the fourth. Uh, I just think they're too good. The Suns just look out of gas, look out of options. They look essentially a two man team, especially with Chris Paul going down now. I I don't know if there's much hope. It really hurts, and the other thing is. DeAndre Ayton is the smallest big man, as weird as that sounds, as I've seen in a long time. His just lack of care and hunger for the boards, you know, like I I know he's coming up against Nikola Jokic, who's Mm. just like a legitimately all-time talent. But at the end of the day, his effort just doesn't seem to be there. And I tell you what, if you're coming up against Nikola Jokic and your effort is lacking the way that 
is mm-hmm. efforts lacking. You're going to get found out. And Nicolo has absolutely, in every aspect, eaten him alive in these first few and games. It's not even like Jokic is a, a great rebounder because he's athletic and he can no. jump high. He just no. like reads where the ball is going to go better than. And did um, did you guys see that video of DeAndre on the court standing behind the backboard while KD was fighting for his life trying to get the board off Jokic? Oh, I'm, I missed that. But the sixth the sixth thing is you just mentioned you made a really good point about you know Jokic doesn't have that that athleticism. He reads the ball so well. Then you've got that guy in Aaron Gordon who can get you an yeah. offensive board mm. with his athleticism. I just you know at the minute they're playing a, a eight man roster. They've got um, the two Browns and, and Green coming off the bench, they just look so more structured, mm. well-rounded, know their kind of identity, what they're getting from each player. Because I, I know at the minute the Suns, if we were to revisit predictions, I think I had the Suns in seven. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've seen the first two games, I, I'm almost going to call it. I reckon it could be time to get the brooms out. <laughs> like, I know funny? it's premature. We're going back to Phoenix. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. It's funny how a week in, a week oh. in basketball can completely change your decision from – Seven games to, to four sweep, <laughs> but you know, like at the what you can only go off what we've seen so far, yeah. and I think you know it's might look it might be over much sooner than we thought it would be. Not only that, but going off from what I've seen in this series, I mean, in all the series, it looks like the Suns are going. I mean, it looks like the Nuggets are going to the finals. In my oh, they opinion. look good. They they, look I mean, Jokic just makes it look so effortless. It doesn't even look like he's playing in a playoff game. He's mm. Smiling, he's smug. Will, will, Phoenix, <laughs> smug will Phoenix, as I just mentioned, Chris Ball looking at missing games three, four, and potentially five. Mm. Will he get back for this series, or is it going to be over quickly? Do you fellas think? Do you reckon Denver get it done in three, four, uh, not three, four or five games here, or is well, it going longer? Tell you what, Nick, according to your prediction, we won't see old CP3 till next season, which yeah, is a real possibility i think now um that they've taken those first two games and look so dominant i wouldn't be surprised if we've seen the last of cp3 this season wow huge mm. huge lee do you agree or do you think they've you know we're going we're going back we're going back to phoenix yeah. they're still in it you know it, it, it's going to be very dependent on this next game and and how phoenix play at home whether it's it's as big a, as an advantage as they'd want it to be. But, yeah. I mean, if they lose that next game, oh, it's going to be a sweep. Oh, yeah. they've, they've unequivocally, I think, got to win the next two. Even if they win the next one at 2-1, if they lose it in 3-1, I, I, you know, not many teams in NBA history have come back from 3-1, mm. and I don't think Phoenix is going to be able to do it against Denver. So, uh, no. Um, yeah, huge stuff out of that series there. Ro, what would you like to talk about today? Well, I think it'd be remiss of me Sounds not like to... like a group therapy session. Tell me your feelings. <laughs> what would you like to talk about? Well, it'd be remiss of me not to talk about my Boston Celtics mm-hmm. against the Philadelphia 76ers. And oh, I yes. Tell you what, this, this series has been a little bit odd for mine so far. Like, we come into that opening game, Philadelphia 76ers don't have Joel Embiid, and me as the Boston fan, I'm thinking... Let's get it. Paul, Paul Reed is going to be eating. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is going to be a pretty comprehensive win without the MVP playing. And tell you what, we saw absolute prime James Harden. Vintage. And that is what James Harden is capable of when he is leading a team. Yes, sir. And it's scary to think that, like, potentially if oh. he's not in Philadelphia going forward, he could he could potentially get back to doing similar things, which is, which is crazy. But that was just an all-time oh. great playoff performance with their backs against the wall against Boston Celtics Deep in the trenches. great all throughout the regular season. 
That opening game did not go the way that I anticipated, but it was entertaining nonetheless. Can I ask you a question mm. about that? So Harden cooked throughout the entire game. He did. Now, I want to speak about that three that he hit late on, <laughs> the, the, essentially the dagger three. You've got a bloke out there in PJ Tucker who did not score a single point, take a single shot in this game. <laughs> not crazy. one. Like, he didn't he, take a shot. No, no he geez. was literally a witch's hat. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Not a not a look, not a cracker. Waste of space. PJ <laughs> Tucker. There you go. Yeah. What you've got out in the perimeter there, Horford up against Harden. Yes. You know, Harden's got the dancing shoes on. Cooks him, sinks the three over him. <laughs> like it was a that was a decent contest from Horford. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Would you not think that you'd possibly look at doubling him mm. in that position? Mm. Make the make the witch's hat in the corner who hasn't had a shot, who's not in rhythm. Make him do something. You would. You would think so, wouldn't I you? I found it perplexing mm. as to why they didn't run a double. For the guy who had up, up to that point plus 40 points, like I I just didn't understand that play. What was mm-hmm. the score again? Was it they were they were uh, down one at that time, I believe, Philly. I think uh, it's too risky to run a double there. I wouldn't have I, I get it, I would have run a double if it was like uh if, if there was six minutes it. left to go in the fourth, but you don't I don't I wouldn't run a double. Uh, oh. I think yeah, it's a difficult one because I think the if, big man Horford, like he, he moved well and he got a con, a, a good mm, contest on it, but like I think you, you, cooking. you almost you almost just have to cop it on the chin if it's anyone else but Harden. But because he was mm. on absolute fire that yeah. night, um, it was yeah, it was a little bit inexcusable, really, because it, we needed to put more effort into preventing that because that was always going to happen, wasn't it? Like once a mismatch was there, yeah, um. I think you had to call a second defender over. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I just found it a bizarre play at the end there that, you know, certainly could have swung that game. So, yes. Um, but you boys bounced back in quite emphatic fashion, did you not? We right? did bounce back. And I'll tell you what. As all good teams do. Yes, absolutely. And we would have been looking on the ropes if we had have gone down. But we looked pretty in control for the majority of this game, which was quite pleasing to see because you Momentum's a funny thing in basketball and, like, if you get a few games, you know, in a row, particularly away from home, geez, you're in you're in a lot of trouble. But, yeah, in this game, um, I guess the standouts, particularly off the bench, was Malcolm Brogdon. He yeah. had 23 off the bench. He was a significant contributor, obviously got a few more minutes because, well, we didn't really need the starting yeah, five for as much it. as... as JT and foul trouble yep. quite, quite heavily in that one. Yep. Um, yeah, he was too. I think he only ended up with what was it, seven seven points in the end. Isn't that crazy that's to see cr- such ridiculous. a comprehensive win? And your go-to guy scores seven points. Jalen Brown was tremendous as well in that yes, one. Yeah. Uh, we saw Embiid return in this one. Uh, to be honest, it kind of just looked as if he was playing for the sake of getting some minutes just to mm. re-quit himself with playoff basketball once again. Um, they looked quite quite happy just to take the split. I think you know, I don't think it was really about winning. Um, just getting Embiid familiarised with it. But that that brings me to my question mm. I have for you two fellas. Mm. Now, he certainly didn't look 100%. He didn't look as aggressive or like MVP um, Embiid. Mm. In game three, if he's not 100% healthy, like if he says 75, 50 to 75%, the Philly sit him. The Philly just go with what they did in game one, Paul Reid, um, Enable Harden to be that number one guy. Mm. Maxi steps up as a number two, where it looked quite. They looked diverse mm. in that game one. Game two, they mm. looked stagnant. Mm. You know, just with MB coming in, you know, it kind of Harden went into his shell a little bit. Maxi stepped back a little bit. They were just trying to play around MB, whereas game one it was quite fluid and dynamic. So mm. 
What I, do you reckon? I didn't even think of that being an option. And I mean, there's no doubt that he's not going to be a hundred percent. He's he's not going to be a hundred percent probably for the whole series. And I honestly would go ahead and and take that advice on board if I was the 76ers. Isn't this huge sitting the I newly like crowned <laughs> MVP of the league in game three of the playoffs in the second round, you're sitting the MVP. And I, to be honest, I agree. I don't think if he's a hundred percent, I think you try and save him for game four. Um, if you can, if you can take it back to Boston with a two-two split, try and get one more on the road. I think you go for it. Um, and just with the way they looked in game one, Paul Reed was more mm. than adequate. Not so much in the first half. In that second half, really stepped up. But um, there you go, Lee. You're on board with that. I'm on board with it. And make yeah. that make that three out of three. Oh, because, huge. Uh, I think the, they've, <laughs> it's absolutely been a luxury for the Philadelphia 76ers to win that first game, and now they'll have not only the belief that they can do it but you know like having a player like Joel Embiid the MVP out in a defining series but then having James Harden to rely on in his absence is just such a huge benefit for them and And I think they might do that with Embiid not not anywhere close to full strength. It's kind of it was almost a really great reminder and I think over the last couple of years you know I certainly have um, don't know about you guys we forget a little bit that Harden was the league's best scorer. He's one of the greatest NBA scorers in history. Mm. He was putting up, um, you know, records and stat lines rarely ever seen before. And he's, you know, as his games develop, the older he's got, you know, moving from destination to destination, his games become a little more refined, more mm. of a pass first, almost point guard. Mm. But again, you've just like this game, it just shows you how devastating he can be. Um, no that, that was really a joy to watch. And it was great to see him do that, like as a number one guy again, because since he went to Brooklyn, he was playing second or third fiddle mm-hmm. between behind KD and Kyrie, coming over to Philly behind Embiid, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when he's a number one guy, it looked good. It, this, it looked really good. This may surprise you, but behind Kevin Durant, he's my second favourite player. Is he really? Is KD yeah. your favourite player? KD is, and then JH. Do you reckon he has birds living in his beard? Or, you know, <laughs> like, do you reckon he comes a week later, he's got the comb going through it and he finds, you know, half a Dorito from the week before or something. Yeah, a few ones from the strip club probably. Oh, I think. A couple of $1 bills <laughs> in there. I'd love, to, I'd love to see him shaved again just to see what it looked like. God, it's, um, oh, geez, that'd be a rough head to come out after all these years. Wouldn't, wouldn't it? it what? Like, yeah. it's just incredible. It's, it's incredible longevity of that beard. Um, yes. It's yep. really startling. But for you guys, we spoke about potentially the sweep um, in, the, in the previous series. In this particular one, how are you feeling about it now? I said initially Philly in seven. Mm. Um, I've lost a little bit of faith after seeing what Boston did to them in that game too, mm. um, especially if Embiid's not at 100%. I'm going to stick with it though, Philly in seven, uh, but I, it's shaping up as a great series. Yeah, I, I think I'm still backing my boys in seven. And um, yeah. people saying Some people saying it could be Boston in five now. Just seeing what they did against Philly in that game too and potentially Embiid mm-hmm. being out. Um, there's the the possibility that people think it could be a gentleman sweep. I don't think so. I don't think so. And that's me with my green glasses on as well. Like I think Philadelphia, and we've seen in that game one, you can't rest on your laurels even when Joel Embiid is out because James Harden's a legitimate superstar yeah. and he can he can get the win for them. Lee, how do you see it playing out? I think I had um I think I had I think I might have had the Philly. I don't know who I had. I I, I have now. Boston in six. I think Boston I think for okay. how good of a team, uh, how good of a defensive team Boston is, 
I think Joel Embiid would need to give it his all and just yep. physically right now, due to injuries, he he can't he can't do that. Um I, I wouldn't put it past James Harden to have another forty point game, but I don't think he will. Yep. Um yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Boston in six. Very good. There you have it. Let's transition to our next series, two to go. The Miami Heat. And the New York Knickerbockers. Bing bong. <laughs> Here we go. Poised at one apiece. Uh, the Heat took game one on the road, 108 to 101 on Monday. And just like that, it kind of got me thinking again. Have we this season been sleeping on the Heat a little bit? Now, they're a team that hasn't been making waves. They've been a little bit lackluster throughout periods. Mm. But it just seems as if they've got, like, and I guess I guess it's the reason because we've slept on them. They don't have a really top tier guy. They've got a lot of high level players looking at Jimmy, Hero, Bam, Lowry, mm. um, the acquisition of K Love. They don't have that out now. You know, top five player in the league, but they do. They in do the, in, in the playoffs. In the playoffs, mm. Jimmy Butler. It's incredible. And you know, I was trying to think about this in my head. Are there any other players more so? Do you think in the league? that turn up, like, change their game so drastically from the regular season to the playoffs. Like, they turn up more than Jimmy in no, the playoffs. No, I no. don't think so. I don't think so. And he's gained that reputation, hasn't he, of being a guy who in the regular season is in third gear and comes into the playoffs and he turns into a legitimate superstar. Like, he's cut from a different cloth, this mm-hmm. guy. Um, it was fantastic to see that game one. He was a little more quiet, 25 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, two steals. Um, he sat out game two. Uh, with an injury there, hoping to see him back for game three. But the heat, have we been sleeping on them, fellas? I'll tell you, we we, we sleep, if, if we're talking about sleeping on them, as in we forget that they turn it up to this next level in the playoffs, then yes, I've been sleeping on them if that's the case. I, I forget that last year they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals versus, versus Boston. Um, I didn't assume that they were going to ramp it up and beat the Bucks this year in the first round. So, yes, if, if that's the case, I have been sleeping on them. Do you think, Rose, so as it's currently sits, one apiece, mm. um, Julius Randle missed game one, in which the Heat won that one. Yep. Um, game two, Jimmy Butler missed. Randle came back for that one. With things now heading down to South Beach, um, like where's this series poised at the minute, do you think? Well, I think it's... I think on a my, knife's edge, it feels. Yeah, I think Miami are certainly in the box seat. Like, I mm-hmm. think we... I think it's so important to hold home court. Got the split. And massive. to get the split is just a, an enormous result. Especially in Madison Square Garden. We spoke about it last week. Going into the series, that could well be a real contributing factor because I think I had the Knicks in six, mm-hmm. um, if memory serves correct. And, you know, they've, they've dropped one. Yeah. Dropped one at home. It's huge. Yeah. So that, that could make the difference because if the Miami Heat hold home court, and they they are well and truly in the box seat to win this series, and yes, um, I think there's a good chance that, that that might happen. I um, I I just think like you know, Julie uh, Jalen Brunson had a great season. Actually, mm. you know, lower votes was actually on the MVP ballot there. Um, okay. Julius, well, he was right right down the bottom there. Um, got a couple of fifth place nods, I believe. Um, yeah, right. Julius Randall coming back, he he can get you a bucket. RJ Barrett has looked better mm. over the last month or so of basketball but i just think without a doubt the best guy and i think we said this line last week the best guy in this series is jimmy butler mm. um and i've i initially said said uh nicks in six i think i'm gonna go heat in six now because I, yeah. I i i am changing my tune just because of jimmy being that good mm. um he's hoping he's back 100 for game three 
Like if you've got this guy who is honestly willing to die on that court, mm. I don't think the Knicks have that guy. No. Like, And to be fair, there's not many players in the league who you would realistically believe would give their life, like lay on their sword on that court. Mm. He is one of them. No doubt. He's made of that same sort of stuff that Kobe had. He's made of that same sort of stuff that MJ had. Just yes. that killer mentality. Yep. Might not be anywhere near the players that they were, but goodness me, the mindset's there. Oh. And that can make the difference. Absolutely. Yeah, Lee, um, yourself, do you still see this one? Because I think you had heat, didn't you? Or did you come on board with me on the Knicks train? I can't remember. I, <laughs> you I, were I, on I the did, Knicks. I was on the Knicks train. You were on the Knicks. And I'm staying on the Knicks train. I think, okay. it's, I think it's getting a bit too overlooked that the Heat are without um, Hero and without Oladipo. Um, they beat the Bucks without Hero. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and, and VO was a non-factor. But as then well. you put on top of that that, Jimmy Butler, is he going to be able to perform to the level oh, that yeah. he, with right. on a sprained ankle? Yeah, he'll be right. Yeah. Because he was this, walking this around isn't, New York the other day. He's, he's all right. This isn't going to be over in five. This this series, if 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 the Heat are going to win, it's going to go to seven. I don't think on that sprained ankle for as you know tenacious as he is in the playoffs. I I, I feel like he'll want to be that tenacious, but I don't think physically so similar then, to Joel Embiid that he'll be able to. So if it's to go that, so you believe the Knicks will pick up one in Miami then over the next few games? I think games? so. I think they, I think the Heat have a, a lot of trouble keeping the Knicks out of out of the paint and scoring in the paint because I uh, don't quote me on this stat, but I I think it was over fifty percent of their um, scoring the Knicks came from in the paint. The, yeah. the the problem is though, Mitchell Robinson has been disgusting. He's been. Garbage, mm, like mm, purely mm. hot, hot steaming garbage. This series, <laughs> yeah, he has. He's he's been unplayable. Hence, game two, we saw a lot more of Isaiah Hartenstein. Mm. Tell you what, if he's the guy, if he's your centre for as great as he played in game two, I don't think he's the guy taking you to the promised land. No. You know, I'm not going to put my, my. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about Mitch Robinson in the pain. I'm talking about Jalen Brunson no, making his yeah. way to the pain. But I, I just think now, like after watching it, I don't think they can win. With him, with eight, really either of them on the court, for as, as as I said, Hartenstein was better in that game too. But like, if that's your starting center, it's not a great look. If you go a smaller lineup and have you know a Josh Hart yeah. and play with shooters around him, they're going to get eaten. Um, I I don't know. It's just I. It's always I, been that thing I think with Mitch. Ro- uh, who is it again? Mitch Hart- Hartenstein. <laughs> Robin, Mitch, Mitch Robinson, Mitch Rob, Robinson, Robinson, yeah, yeah, Robinson, yeah, geez, I, I had an ab- absolute mind blank. The, the old light switch just yeah, got flicked yeah, off there. It did. Um, Reboot. It's always been the thing with him that he's he is a little bit one dimensional, and like the fact of the matter is, is throughout the course of his career so far, he's been quite a solid defensive player. But apart from that, he doesn't really provide you with much. And in today's NBA, your big man has to have a few different aspects to his game or else you're going to get found out. And he gets in foul trouble, which is the big one as well. You're playing against Bam, who's slippery. Like, he's a big guy. He's not Mm. as big as some other centres, but he's athletic. And he's crafty. He's drawing these fouls and getting them into foul, um, Robinson into foul trouble early, which is is huge. Mm. Yeah. so yeah, I've, I've changed my tune. Because who, who? What's the lineup now? It's Brunson, RJ Barrett, Randall. Um, I think they they need to play more Quentin Grimes. Mm. They need more shooting at the minute because they're just not knocking down threes or shots um, as much as they certainly need to. Um, and again, I think there's possibly more more opportunity available for quickly. Um, but at the moment, they're shooting their three point shootings just deserted them. So yeah, to start with, they they started with Josh Hart. I mean the 
in the point guard role the other day. Um, <laughs> Brunson, Robinson, Randall and Barrett. Hartenstein coming off the bench there. Uh, Grimes quickly and Tobin making up yeah. the supporting cast. So I, I don't think it looks great at the minute. If, if I was a New York Knicks fan and especially, you know, losing one at home, I would be very concerned. Yeah. I, I just want to so. see, I just want to see the Eastern Conference finals at the Garden. I think. The, imagine the Saints. I reckon they'd bring the literal roof down. <laughs> uh, I think if they were to lose, they would certainly. The I think to, actually, down. to be honest, I think either way they'd be riots mm. in the street, mm. win, lose, or draw. Um, yeah, I think bigger riots if they won. To be honest with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine, imagine the scenes, like yeah. as we've we've referred to so many times that the Bing, the infamous Bing Bong call, and you know that was in game one of the regular season <laughs> yeah. against the Celtics. Game one of a regular season. Imagine what would happen. Making the uh, the conference finals, oh, and God forbid the NBA finals. The, oh. the, the the this series must be like the longest flight, right? Like God, you'd hate that series. Uh, Miami to New York, Phoenix and vice Denver, versa. Philly and Boston aren't too bad. Well, Miami yeah. to New York being the being a long flight, isn't it? No, it's not that, no, not it's that not far. That would no. it'd be oh, it'd feels... be longer from Denver to Phoenix, wouldn't it? Denver. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. would be. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. There you go, fellas. Let's transition to the fourth and final series. Um, not a great day to be wearing this Lakers jumper <laughs> at the moment. Um, but the series between the, the Golden State Warriors and the LA Lakers currently sits at one apiece. The Lakers grinding out a very hard-fought victory in game one uh, before the reigning defending champions of the NBA responded in quite an emphatic fashion today, mm. just absolutely crushing the Lakers. Yep. Um, much to my chagrin, Despite a really good first quarter from the Lakers, they were up by seven at quarter time. At uh, I tell you what, like it didn't just go downhill; they literally took a took a step off a cliff and just plummeted. <laughs> like I, I think it is it Newton's uh, law of gravity. I think mm. you fall at ten meters per second. Mm. They were going far, far quicker than that. <laughs> like it they was had horrendous. Tied to their feet, didn't they? After oh, that first, like it was. Uh, forgive me, the the actual score. I need to just double check. Like, because I feel like I was dreaming before when I saw it. Um, they ended up losing this one, one twenty-seven to one hundred. Mm. So in the in the second quarter, they got outscored by eighteen. In the third quarter, nineteen, and then the fourth quarter, they won three. But it was purely mm. garbage time. I don't over. think any of the starters really played a moment mm. in the fourth quarter. No. Um, but this series as well, fellas, how do we feel about this one? What we've seen so far, the Lakers getting the split mm. um, today. We saw the Warriors go with a slightly Different lineup starting starting Mr. Green. Yes, didn't mind. Draymond Green at the center, but also starting Jamaica Green at the power forward position there. I with this series, I I I don't know if it's going to be a case of who's better, but I think it might be more of a case of who who wears down first. You know, LeBron's 38 and playing on a, a dud foot and, and he looked good to start with, though. He came out hot. He came out, he was he was the only one who could make a shot. Yeah, but look how it ended up. And then Curry, 35, he, you know, he played, I think, 39 or 40 minutes in that game seven, and they took it to game seven. He's obviously tired. They're all tired. Good to have a game like today then. It was. Mm. I mean, Clay was on one today. but um, Clay was running hot. Clay was like another guy who game steps six, up. Clay. Yeah, 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 he does. It's it's hard when the Warriors... Eight of 11 from three, sorry, just quickly, Clay, today. Shooting at 72, nearly 73% from three. Like, 
it, it just crushes you. Mm. It, it speaks to what I was just going to say is it's hard to beat such a high volume three point scoring team because leads can just blow out of the water from out of nowhere. Oh, I know. If, if mm. even one of the three, and I say one of the three is in Steph, uh, Clay, and Paul, um, turn it on. Pretty much curtains because the worry is though Wiggins can shoot it. Jermichael Green was knocking down three. So Draymond, Mm. not his real strong suit, but can knock it. Everyone can get you a three, which is why they're such a well-rounded team. And it's concerning because this season, like LeBron made a couple today since the playoffs started, he has been just tragic from three. Mm. Um, And the Lakers unit as a whole this season have been poor from three. Rui, in fairness, was good today from three, was, but yeah. um, I you think know, going one, against the Warriors, it's concerning. I think one of the Lakers' saving graces is they've probably been one of, if not the best, defensive teams in the playoffs this far. So I think that um, that plays it plays a part. But I'm having real difficulty in in picking a winner out of these two. I seem to think, and I said this last week, I was going to be one and lost with AD. Mm. Game one had a fantastic showing today. Oh was horrible. 11.7 mm. rebounds, four assists, five of 11 from the field, but, like looked, shoot but looked worse than that. Yeah. Like the shots he was taking, um, you know, it just, it was really concerning. And I really liked the way Steve Kerr made that switch today, mm. putting Kevon Looney on the bench, shaking things up, playing a smaller ball lineup. And they just got more shots. They just got more shots up, got more threes up. And in the numbers game, it just, Blew out very quickly. And it was a very ballsy move, I think, from Steve Kerr because you look at Looney in that first game. I think he had twenty boards, didn't he? Mm. Like in that first game, and then he to, did. And then he got take, monstered a little bit. He did get monstered, but like at the end of the day, twenty boards is twenty boards. Mm. <laughs> and then to have it like it's not what I guess what I'm saying is yeah. it's not often you have a bloke getting twenty boards, and then I guess his basketball IQ, Steve Kerr, is so good that he's gone. I don't care that he's had twenty boards mm. in the first game. We're going to mix it up the second game. Clearly, because it didn't work in the first game, and you know we've we've seen the results. But the thing with the Golden State Warriors for mine is, and it's what we we're mentioning just earlier, is the fact that they've got so many guys who can step up. Mm-hmm. It's, there's a lot of ne- next guy, next soldier mentality up for this team. Like they probably only need, I think, maybe two of those four main guys in Steph, Clay, Paul, and Andrew Wiggins yep. to step up offensively for them to have a really good chance of winning the game. and But if any more than those two step up, they're probably winning more often than not. So they're such a difficult team. And I've said it time and time again, but when you've got guys, when you've got teams like this who have been there and done that championship pedigree, it's, it's going to make a difference in these games. And it was really good for the Lakers to get that first game yeah. on the road though, because if not, I'd sort of be worrying a little bit, um, for the rest of this series. Question for you, Nick. Please. Does it scare you that your win could have been a loss if Jordan Poole had to hit that three, whereas today you were blown out? Oh, damn, that was a that was a he was going for the fuel like the full piss missile. Don't, that, I don't was think deep. it was a bad shot. I don't think it was a bad shot. No. I think you would still probably prefer Curry take a shot Definitely. even being double teamed. Yes. Um the, I'll come back to your point there, Lee. Oh, no, I'll start with that. It does worry me. Yes. It does worry me because it could very, very easily be two zip. They gave up mm. in that game one, I think it was an 11 or a 14 point run. It might have stretched to a, like the game looked effectively done. Mm. Like they had it pretty handily wrapped up mm-hmm. and they just just could not score. No. Um, and my concern, the word I was going to use a moment ago is consistency. I think the Warriors are a more consistent team with more consistent players with more consistent 
output. You got the five. There we go. I'm going for a new high score. <laughs> um, but with that, like I, I feel their players have a higher floor. Like mm. whereas yeah. with the Lakers, so D'Angelo Russell, he you know he can get you a bucket, sure thing. He got thirty points the other day against the Grizzlies. Looked great doing it. But he can also like he can put up some absolute bricks and just mm. derail the whole offense. Mm. Yeah. Um, likewise, Vanderbilt shot pretty poorly today. AD had a shocker. Um, you know, there's Reeves as well. Reeves has been pretty poor the yeah. first two games, in particular yeah. game two. I feel like the Lakers' floor is lower, yeah, which worries me. I think they both teams' ceilings are about the same, um, but the Warriors are. Are operating in the higher overall area, which is which is my worry at the minute. I'm going to stick true to the cause. You have to. I've got to, and getting that one on the road certainly helps. Uh, Lakers in seven, but I'm considerably more concerned after seeing today's showing. Mm. It's mm. A great point. I love that point from you. Um, who is going to take the series? I mean, I want Lakers to take it, but I don't think they will. I think I think Warriors are going to get on top. If if the Warriors win, mm. uh, I'm going to – no, I'll save that for next week. <laughs> no, don't worry. What were you going to remember? You better, I, I'm, I'm you back to bite your tongue. I'm going to – if the Warriors win this series, mm. I'm picking them for the title. <laughs> yeah, well, mm. I'm not writing them off by any means either. And that's huge given the way Denver are going. So. But I'll, huge, I'll, I'll have but... a little more think, a little more analysis on that mm. in a couple of weeks' time. So, Ro, okay. where do you see this one going? Uh, yeah, as I said before, like that game one win was really vital for the Los Angeles Lakers because it makes this a series when I sort of d- didn't think it would be, you know, that good. Like had, that to, had to get one. You had to get had one, to. didn't they? Um, but yeah, all the points that we've just touched on leads me to think that the Warriors will get up in this one. I think they will probably get up in around six. Yep. Um, there's just too many, too many dang- dangerous weapons on that Los An- uh, on that. Golden State Warriors team. I know the Los Angeles Lakers have got some absolute superstars as well, but I think there's just a few more in that Golden State, and it's going to be a little bit too much, unfortunately, in my opinion. I hate to hear you say it, but uh, did you did you say the Lakers last week? No, I think I said you said Warriors. Was it? Warriors, oh, you yeah. said Lakers. I think I said yeah. Lakers. Okay. Well, there you go. We're going back to LA, baby. Game three coming up there. Um, can't wait. We've touched on all four series. All four series still have so much to play out. Mm. Um, incredibly, incredibly exciting. You know, every game, there's so much, so many storylines, so much hinges on each result. Uh, I feel like all four of these series, I you know, I kind of have retracted now because I said <laughs> get the brooms out for the Denver Phoenix series, but all four series you could see going deep um, and the mm. full length here. So, you know, as, a, as content creators, as basketball fans, for any neutral fans out there, what a time to be alive. It is fantastic. Guys, continue to stay up to date with all of our socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, to get the latest news from not only the NBA, but also the NBL in the offseason as it breaks. Um, very exciting to see the uh, the signing of Junior Madut the other day to the Jack Jumpers. Very exciting. Uh, from Left the field. Phoenix there. Very exciting. Yeah. Uh, we're starting to see now the rosters take shape. Over the next, uh, it's still probably a couple of weeks away from the NBL show returning. Uh, certainly enjoying a bit of off time there, but nevertheless, don't fear. We will keep you up to date with all the latest news from there. Lovely. Guys, from Lee, Ro and myself, we hope you've had a fantastic week. Continue to have another fantastic week enjoying all the action still to unfold. And from the team here, we can't wait to break it down all again next week. Till then, take care.